0: This is the Say the Damn Score Podcast with your host, Logan Anderson.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Say the Damn Score Podcast. This is episode number four. I'm Logan Anderson. As you just heard the intro music tell you, that's right, we have intro music now for the first time. We're getting to the big time. And we are joined right now by our guest today for the Say the Damn Score Podcast, John Cholesnik. He is the owner of the STAA Talent Agency. And he also does a lot of broadcast coaching. And he's been part of a lot of interviews before that I've listened to. And quite frankly, the one from the About Sports Radio podcast with Zach McCrite, I think, is about as good as, as it can be. So I'm not going to try and do that again. Instead, we are going to test your broadcasting coaching ability to the max as we are going to have a f- critique of every clip of Harry Doyle from the first and second Major League movies. That's what we're going to do here today on the podcast. And, John, before we get started, are you ready for this challenge?
2: Well, I am. You know, I know that uh, Harry Doyle is one of the most uh, popular and somewhat revered broadcasters of all time. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, trying to find a couple of chinks in the armor from which other people can learn and maybe improve their own broadcasts.
1: Before we get started and play any of his audio... What do you think are going to be his strengths and weaknesses?
2: Well, Doyle is one of the most passionate broadcasters that I've ever heard on the air. And that's one thing that I think a lot of young broadcasters especially can emulate about him is that energy level. You know, I talk about using your voice as an instrument. He's one of the best about that. Uh, One thing I'll be curious to hear on these clips is his focus. Uh, sometimes it can be difficult to be on the air for a three-and-a-half-hour baseball game and and keep your mental acuity. So that's something that I know uh, Harry can sometimes do a little bit better.
1: <laughs> and to me, sometimes he just sounds a little bit too much like Bob Euchre for for my uh, for my conscience to sleep well at night. But we're going to go ahead and get well, started. Well,
2: you know, and we'll get to that during the clip, but you're <laughs> right. You, one thing that Harry uh, can be accused of, and I don't know that it's necessarily unfair, is is trying to be too much like somebody else. It's okay to take some verbiage or some stylistic things and, and work them into your own broadcast, but ultimately it's got to be mostly you. And sometimes Harry comes up a little bit short there.
1: Okay, we're going to start here as this YouTube video that we're getting these clips from is going to be embedded with this podcast, if you go to say com and listen to it via the website. But we're going to go get started. Here is the first clip of Harry Doyle from Major League to Critique.
0: Hello again, everybody. Harry Doyle here welcoming all of you friends of the feather to another season of Indians baseball. A lot of new faces in Chief Wahoos tribe this year as they take on the defending American League champs, the New York Yankees. And hopefully we'll have some of the names that go with those faces before their first at-bat. Anyway, listen to the
2: roar of the crowd as the Indians take the field. Yes, sir, they love this club here in
1: Cleveland. All right, what do you got from his opener into his first broadcast of the year?
2: Several things. First of all, just like we said, great energy. He's always outstanding like that. At the start of the clip, Harry addressed his audience as, all you friends of a feather. Radio is intimate. It's one-on-one. You want to make each member of your audience feel like you're doing the broadcast just for them and talking just to them. So you address them in singular, not in plural or group, like all you friends of a feather. Uh, A little bit unprepared. Uh, I would... You know, I'd like to think that he's going to know the names of the players and have familiarity with the rosters before he goes on the air. So to not do that, that could lead to some, uh, some challenges for him as the broadcast unfolds. And then I love his reference. Uh, they, you can hear the roar of the crowd. That puts me in the environment, and he did a great job with that. It's not just the action on the field, that put me in the stadium because I'd really like to be at the game. And since I can't be, I'm counting on you.
1: Now, he talked about the roar of the crowd, but then they panned away to an empty stadium, so there wasn't really a whole lot of people there, not a lot of noise. The over-exaggeration, how does that fit into your broadcast system?
2: Well, you know, Harry's an employee of the Indians, and as such, part of his job is to sell tickets, and by making the environment sound a little bit more exciting and vibrant than it truly is... That might bring a few extra people out to the stadium.
1: All right, next clip coming up. Bottom of the first,
0: and Willie Mays Hayes to lead it off for the Really? A lot of people say you can tell how the season's going to go by the first hitter of the year. Brewster into the wind and comes to the plate. Oops. Hey, here's a hot shot toward the hole. Rudy knocks it down, fires the first. Lake Hayes beat it. Hey, give Rudy a credit for sacrificing his body on that racket. That guy's got a family to think about. So Hayes becomes the first Indian in 15 years to lead off the
1: season. With- All right, so second clip from the legendary Harry Doyle. And your thoughts, John?
2: Yeah, from, as I listen to it from a radio perspective, uh, you, you tell me hot smack, uh, or uh, I think he said something like that, you know, hot smack uh, towards Rudy or whatever. you got to tell me what position he plays because you can't assume that your audience is so familiar with the teams that they know every player and their position based only on last name so harry needs to be a little bit more specific about exactly where the ball is hit again from a radio perspective since i'm not looking at the video as you and i are doing this
1: i'll describe the video as we go forward when it's necessary not particularly necessary on that clip we'll go forward from here
0: Free admission to anyone who was actually alive the last time the Indians won a feather. Here's a swing and a high fly ball in the center field. He's under it. Hey, makes a basket catch with really a style. And the side is retired.
1: That's the next clip right there. Thoughts on the, the introduction on old-timers night and the fly ball catch.
2: Well, I, I didn't hear the fly ball catch super well. But he, he said free admission to anyone who was alive when the Indians last won, I think he said a title. Uh, again, he's an employee of the team. And as such, you don't want to say something that highlights the franchise's ineptitude over the years. So it's probably a better idea to stay away from uh, sharp comments like that.
0: Turn around a little for the Indians this year. We don't know where Hayes played last year, but I'm sure he did a hell of a job. Brewster running from the stretch. Hayes with a good lead. And the first. He got him. Hayes is picked off. Well, so much for that. Personally, I think we got hold.
1: So that was the last one, the pickoff play in the baseball game on the first runner of the year. And you know a lot of things to pick over on that clip.
2: Yeah, three jump out at me. First of all, we don't know where Hayes played last year. Again, you've got to be prepared. There are so many people who want Harry Doyle's job, and I say this with great respect because he went a lot farther in his play-by-play career. You know, he's accomplished more than, than I ever did. I dream of being where he is. At the same time, there's so many great, talented young broadcasters who want his job. If he's no longer willing to put in the time to prepare, they will. On the pickoff play, uh, give me a little bit more description. Did the base runner – dive back in? Was he caught flat-footed? How did that go down? Be a little bit more descriptive there. And then Harry said that, uh, frankly, I think he got hosed. You don't want to pass judgment on the umpiring. Instead, if you think he got hosed, describe a reaction from the manager, the first base coach, the player, the fans, that indicates that they believe he got hosed. So, you know, you can say, uh, you know, the fans are, are standing and booing, you know, in disbelief of that call. That's a very polite and acceptable and professional way to say he got hosed without making the opinion your own.
0: Top of the sixth and rookie sensation, Ricky Vaughn on the pitch now. You can close the book on Kelner. Vaughn. Thank God. Vaughn, a juvenile delinquent in the offseason, in his Benjamin debut. Vaughn into the wind-up in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner in this. Ball four. Ball eight. Low and Vaughn has walked the bases. loaded on 12 straight pitches. Why? how can these guys lay off pitches like-
1: That happens to be one of my personal favorite broadcasting <laughs> scenes of that movie. So much to go from there. You start.
2: Well, there's a couple of points there. One... Uh... Not so good, and the other one pretty darn good. So let's start with the the not so good. To say that Ricky Vaughn is a juvenile delinquent in the off season, while probably true, that's not the kind of fact you want to share. Again, as an employee of the Ball Club, trying to promote an on air product, especially one that's already difficult to find good things to say, and then also to say he's a juvenile delinquent. Eh, you know that could be personal opinion, and that 's such a wide range of things you know what 's he do? Does he throw a rock through the neighbor 's window, or does he you know hold up convenience stores at gunpoint there 's a lot that, that can be encompassed by a juvenile delinquent. stay away from it, stay safe. The good thing that Harry did was the inflection he 's such a master at that, just a bit outside. I mean that clearly indicates he just missed with the pitch, just a bit outside. He uses his voice as an instrument there, and that's something that only comes with great experience. It's the most difficult fundamental of play-by-play to master, and that's a great example of how Harry has indeed mastered voice as an instrument.
1: I'm going to be the eyes of that particular clip, as that was, I believe, the first clip where Harry Doyle took a little nip of Grandpa's cough medicine, poured a little Jack Daniels in the middle of his call into a cup, and... Certainly, you know, you hear rumors that a lot of the old-timer play-by-play legends, Harry Carey, Howard Cosell come to mind, would have themselves a little nightcap during the game at times. How important is it to avoid that, and how did the uh, so many famous play-by-players get away with it?
2: Well, first of all, I don't want to, I want to be very clear, I'm not accusing Harry Doyle of drinking on the air. It's, it's quite feasible. You mentioned yourself, cough medicine was part of that mix. He may just have a scratchy throat or a cough that he's trying to suppress. Now, granted, whiskey is probably not the best thing to mix with the cough medicine. Uh, one thing that a lot of people use is Earl Grey tea because there's uh, oil in it from the bergamot orange that's supposed to have you know super soothing effects on your throat. There's also... Uh, a particular kind of particular brand of throat lozenge, I don't remember offhand. Uh, it's not Halls. it's not one of the typical ones, but there's one out there that's great for that kind of stuff. Uh, now, with that being said, taking Harry out of the conversation, of course, you don't want to be drinking on the air, it's terribly unprofessional. Uh, it was a lot easier to get away with forty years ago, but today there's so much social media, everybody's on Twitter, Facebook, everybody's got a camera phone, uh, man, if you were to try to do that on the air today, that would get out publicly so fast that you'd be fired before you even finished the half inning.
0: it done a little redecorating around the ballpark. The outfield walls now look like the Yellow Pages. And any of you folks having trouble finding a good proctologist might want to come down here and check out the area around the 375-foot side. As for the game, we've got a real nail-biter here tonight. It's a lot closer than that 11 2 score. terminator
1: Alright, so that clip, what jumps out to me in that one, that's the first time we've heard the score today. This is the Say the Damn Score podcast, so we better note that. But what were your thoughts on the rest of the clip?
2: Well, it's, I think proctologist references are probably a little bit uh, off-color for a Major League Baseball broadcast. Unless one is the sponsor, or if there's a play in the hole, and maybe it's sponsored by a local proctologist, You know, that's one thing. Of course, that's acceptable, but uh, you know, otherwise, to make, uh, you know, poo-poo and pee-pee jokes on, the, that's pretty juvenile, and I I, I really wouldn't expect that uh, or recommend that even in a minor league broadcast, much less a, a big league broadcast. Uh, you mentioned the score. I do love, again, Harry went into ticket-selling mode there and promoting the product that, yeah, it's 11-2, to but the game's a lot closer than that score indicates. Our guys are really, you know, playing a lot better than that 11-2 would, would lead you to believe I do love that, for the most part, Harry's always got ticket sales in mind. He's a good promoter.
0: Terminator only slower. Maybe it was his out-of-stater, or it could have been the Hibernator. That baby is definitely going away for the winter. Whatever for Vaughn, it might be see you later. He's probably going to become a spectator.
1: All right, that one on Rick Vaughn's pitching selection, and you always talk about how important it is to be able to identify what pitches are being thrown in baseball play-by-play.
2: Right. I love the alliteration with which uh, Harry delivered those lines. That was very clever. And any time you can bring something unique to your broadcast, ah, you know, part of what you're doing is, is the role of entertainer, and I like that. Uh, it's also great to know what each pitcher has in his arsenal, and you can do that uh, you know, by going... And, and asking, you know, ask each pitcher, ask the pitching coach, ask the manager, and keep a little book on what each pitcher throws for both teams so that way when they come into the game, you know uh, if it's a fastball or a curveball you know, or an off-speed pitch, and if the only off-speed pitch he throws is a curveball, then you know that's what it was. Or you can rely on the scoreboard to help you identify pitches. But uh, yeah, what, that's one thing that uh, you want to make sure you do, and And Harry certainly knows what Ricky Vaughn's got up his sleeve.
0: And
1: we'll go forward from there.
0: Pointing at the left
1: fielder. of course on that particular clip Willie Mays Hayes called his shot and came up a little bit short what should we pay attention to on the description from Mr. Doyle
2: <laughs> that's uh one thing Harry Doyle did there you really got to be careful about is don't commit to a play too early don't try to anticipate because uh, you can find yourself getting caught with your pants down just like that where he's just certain it's a home run and then it comes out short. Although, I love his recovery. I thought Harry was very slick, and this is a sign of a veteran broadcaster with a lot of composure that, uh, hey, William A. Hayes might not have been pointing over the wall. Yeah, he might have just been pointing at the left fielder, in which case he called his shot. So, but be careful. Don't, don't commit to your call. Don't try to anticipate. Wait for the action to unfold.
1: And you talk about on some of your podcasts and blog posts about dressing for the job that you want. And maybe the job that Harry Doyle wants is a Vegas pit boss or Vegas blackjack dealer because he has a flowery pink suit on. Is that a little over the top or is that par for the course if you really want to get to the top level of broadcasting?
2: Well, there's two two different wardrobes. There's the wardrobe... For people who are on their way up, and you, you want to be a lot more conservative there, and you do indeed want to dress for the job you want, not for the job you have. When you get to be somebody like Harry Doyle, who's an icon in the local community, then you've got a lot more freedom to wear whatever you want, because you've got job security, and the worst thing they're going to call you is eccentric. You
0: know, I used the hate part when he was with the it's amazing how a new uniform can change your attitude about a guy. He's still
1: a d- Okay, so talking about Bartman, the new player, but not very good use of the cough button right there.
2: <laughs> yeah, you've got to be careful. People always have to pretend, well, I started to say that the microphone is on, but in that case, Harry made no attempt uh, to mute his comment. You can't let your personal... Feelings and biases infiltrate your broadcast, and in that case, Harry did. You know, in essence, called the guy an a-hole and said, but, you know, he's not as bad of an a-hole when he's wearing somebody else's uniform. One, it's unprofessional. But two, he may be back with your team one day, in which case you're gonna not, you know, you're gonna want to have a good relationship with him. And if you call him an a-hole on the air, trust me, that gets back to him before the game's over, and. You're gonna ever have you're always gonna have a difficulty trying to to mend that relationship or, or put the horse back in the barn if he ends up back on your roster one day.
1: Okay, we'll move forward. So Weaver doubles off
0: the simple bail bond sign, and that's another team record for Rick. One, the fifth consecutive
1: extra base hit in the inning. Showing a lot of preparation right there, knowing the team records, but once again, a little bit negative getting into maybe out of ticket selling mode now
2: yeah you got to be consistent it can get so frustrating broadcasting for a crummy club like that especially when you've done it for as many years as harry has but uh you can't you just got to be more professional than that you can't slip that's unexcusable
0: and so hiroshi kamikaze taka recently of the tokyo giants knocks himself cold for the second time this week Maybe in Japan, that's actually better than catching the ball. Personally, I think he's just trying to
1: get out of the lineup. In that particular clip, Harry Doyle is audibly slurring a little bit with three beer bottles on his broadcast table, and that was the new player that they just brought in who ran into the wall and got knocked out cold. What did you think of the description?
2: Right, I thought the description, uh, uh, you know, I... That's not what that's not the thing that jumped out about me or jumped out to me about the clip but rather uh, the slurred words I don't think it's got anything to do I, I just don't believe Harry drinks on air no matter what the bottles might indicate I think he's just tired you know he's getting up there in age some of these games can run so long but he's got to have that mental discipline to stay sharp even when he's fatigued. I mean, we've got Navy SEALs out there fighting for our country, and they don't sleep for 48 or 72 hours straight. The least a Major League Baseball broadcaster can do is to stay sharp for three or three and a half hours, five nights a week. And, you know, if he needs to drink some Red Bull or something like that, have at it. But you, Or take a nap, you know. But you can't be that clearly tired and fatigued when you're on the air. Easy play for Serrano. Under it now, and
0: makes the cap. No, that ball is off his glove and out of here. Well, credit Serrano with an RBI, and that play could be a finalist in the Trojan Ends Bomber of the Week. Award.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that one, of course, he was a routine fly ball that went off the glove of Pedro Serrano and over the wall. A lot, of, a lot of stuff going on there. I'm going to let you handle this.
2: Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, first of all, he anticipated again. Uh, you know, in, in calling that Serrano had made the catch or was going to make the catch, and then all of a sudden it's bouncing off his glove, you know, Jose Canseco style, granted with Jose's head, uh, and then going over the wall. So it, you can't anticipate like that. The, uh, the Boner of the Week award? It's true. The guy screwed up, and I think it's okay sometimes to put a little levity into your broadcast like that. Uh, you want to be careful when referring to the male genitalia, but I think that you know a boner is a mistake, and it, so it, it's for that uh, for that reason. I think that's that's acceptable. Yeah, he made the Trojan comment, so we, you know boner became a pun. But uh, shoot, that boner is another name for a mistake. So. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'd Maybe that's a legitimate, sponsor, sponsor, a sponsored play. That word. Uh, uh, my sister and, and I were, were little kids, and we were driving in the car with my dad, and, and my dad told us that his middle school principal's name was Mrs. Boner. And my sister and I started laughing and laughing, and Pop, bless his heart, I have no idea why, but uh, that's because he came from the same generation as Harry Doyle.
0: Well, fans, the Indians about to extend their winning streak to two. We're in the top of the ninth, leading 10-7. Bases loaded two down, and Rick Vaughn has come on to try and nail it down against Felipe Aguilar, a dangerous right-handed batter. Here's the pitch. Oh, shit! Oh, if that's not Shaquille O'Neal and left, that baby's out of here. Oh, no. You rotten boy!
1: So besides his crowd mic being a little bit too loud where it's really picking up what someone who sounds, you know, suspiciously like Cousin Eddie out in left field, what did you get from that one?
2: Well, again, uh, I love that he's always promoting, trying to extend the winning streak to two. And and I love, uh, you know, if that's uh, not Shaquille O'Neal in left, that ball's out of here. That's a great visual. Uh, you can see that, and, you know, what he's saying, that that was, uh, you know, a high-line drive, and if you're not seven feet tall, you know, you're, that's that's going to be uncatchable. So I like the colloquialism there. You know, Southern broadcasters are, are, the guys like Keith Jackson, are known for drawing upon that kind of colloquialism and earning a reputation for being unique, original, and lovable, oh, you know, that's uh, lovable old Grandpa Keith, or lovable old Grandpa Harry in this case. So I uh, you know, really like that call.
1: What about dropping the S-bomb after he realized that it was going to be a home run that was probably is going to lose them the game?
2: Well, sometimes, you know, when you're with a team for uh, the entirety of a 162-game season, you can get frustrated. We've all been there. We've all felt that before. Uh, of course, you want to try to keep that off the air. But if it slips out, well, you know, you've got an on-site engineer there that uh, you know, he's got to try to catch something like that. Maybe the Indians need to be broadcasting in seven-second delay.
1: <laughs> Maybe somebody just got fired who didn't do that. We'll see what they got coming up next. Baker swings and sends a real screamer towards short. Wrap up and it fires
0: to first, and Baker beats it
2: with
1: a first slide. So with that clip, seems to be losing his enthusiasm that he's known for.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I was g- going to say as well. Uh, you know, Baker sends a real screamer towards short. Great adjective. Uh, that's something especially young broadcasters really want to be aware of is peppering your play-by-play description with adjectives because it brings it to life. So Harry nailed that, but you're right. His, uh, his energy is clearly waning, and I'll say it again. That's just part of being a professional, that you can't have those ups and downs.
1: So we'll see uh, if he picks his energy up in the next clip, or if that is something that is a flash in the pan, or something that we got to pay attention to. Wake up,
0: Harry, and look, uh, uh, my God. Good news, fans. The Indians are showing signs of life for the first time in weeks. As a matter of fact, they appear to be waiting of each other. Looks like is to get and why not? everybody else in the league does. I don't know, looks like his left a low. In the
1: later an excellent example of when something off script happens a bench clearing brawl with the own team with the Indians not with the opposition it breaks out in the dugout and he was right there for it
2: yeah, and I love the comment that the Indians are showing signs of life for the first time. Now, maybe he didn't want to say for the first time in weeks, because that's the derogatory comment about the franchise that's paying your salary. But to say that hey, maybe this is going to light a spark under the Indians—that's totally acceptable, and I'm sure that's what Harry had in mind uh, when he said that you know somebody's hitting Rick Vaughn. Why not everybody else in the league does? Yeah, you know, that's that's really uncalled for. Now, that's a cheap shot at Vaughn. You know, here's the guy that's uh, trying to put food on the table for his family, and he's busting his hump every time that the, that the Indians throw him out there on the mound. Uh, it's not his fault that he doesn't have the ability of some of the premier closers in the league. So to, to take a cheap shot at him like that, uh, I, I, I have great respect for Harry. I really do. You know that. But he's he's got to be a little bit more... Professional than that.
1: All right, we'll see if he recovers from that bout of unprofessionalism on the next clip. And he's out
0: by an eyelash. Third. Serrano doing some interesting
2: livering up exercises and right. Well, part of your job as the play-by-play broadcaster is to describe what I would see if I were sitting in the stands, describe what's relevant or noticeable or unusual. And, you know, when Serrano's doing yoga <laughs> out in right field, yeah, you mention it. I don't think you, you call him a pansy, though. You might instead say that, boy, he's really on the cutting edge of physical fitness and that yoga is something a lot of professional athletes are turning to these days, and, uh, and that's why he's doing it. But, uh, you know, I think right there is an example of when the generation gap sometimes gets in Harry's way.
0: Hello, Clive fans. Welcome back to Major League Baseball. Sort of. Pay attention today is fourteen and twelve. Some of them were driven away by a little ten-run first thing the Red Sox put up. Take over, Monty. I'm in the bag.
2: I just refuse to believe that Harry drinks on the air. It's, it's just maybe there's something else wrong. You know, if, if it's not fatigue, which is still my, my first thought, because he's getting up there in years, you know. Uh, but if it's not that, then maybe it's a pituitary problem or something like that that he needs to have addressed. And the other thing I would suggest, uh, you know, and – Gosh, I just have so much respect for Harry. If he likes to drink water or lemonade or soda pop out of a Jack Daniels bottle, yeah, I I understand that we've all got interesting quirks to our personalities, but I wouldn't bring that bottle into the press box because you don't want to give the impression or give anybody the idea, even, that, that maybe you're doing something that you shouldn't be.
1: And what about the color commentator, Monty's, Performance when he does pass out. How did he do filling
2: in? Yeah, Monty's got to give. A, he's got to give more description there. You know, was it a fly ball to left center to right? Was it shallow? Was it medium depth? Was the outfielder retreating towards the warning track? What was the name of the player who caught the ball? Uh, you know, if there was runners on base, what did they do? You know, were they? Uh, you know, well, there's a fly balls. I guess it's really not terribly relevant, but. There's got to be more of the description than just fly ball. And he also sounded pretty unenthusiastic. So uh, the first thing Monty probably needs to do is pick up his energy level just a little bit.
1: And, you know, we haven't talked about the way that Harry Doyle sets up his color analyst yet. That's, that's the first time we've heard from him. He's been there in every clip. What is, how, how can he do that a little bit better?
2: Well, sometimes you can just flat out ask a question of your analyst and that's especially helpful if the person you're working with is new and hasn't uh, performed in this role before the other thing you can do though is tell your analyst before the game starts that hey after i call a pitch or after a ball is put in play and i finish my description of the play i will pause and provide you a window to jump through if you have a comment to make if you don't say anything after a few moments then you know I'll, i'll resume my commentary Sometimes Harry seems to, oh, I don't want to say forget his analyst, because I know he's, he's not selfish like that, but he doesn't always provide ample opportunity for, for somebody to, to jump in and make a comment.
1: Right, we'll see if he does a little bit better as we move on.
0: Time of the sixth, Jack Clarkman stepping in with runners at the court. Clarkman with two hits already today. Martinez leads away from first, Warren from third. Parkman doing his little shimmy. It drives the women here in Cleveland crazy. Parkman doing his little shimmy. It makes the women here in
2: Cleveland puke. (laughs) That's a great example, Logan, of how uh, Harry sometimes allows his perspective to be changed Based upon who's in the Indian's uniform and who's not. And like I said, you don't want to, you don't want to say something negative about somebody after he's traded away because he may end up back on your team again one day. So be consistent. And Bartman Shimmy either drives the women crazy or it doesn't, but you can't have it both ways. Be consistent.
0: And Taylor is sending up Roger Thorn. Thorn is all for the century against this guy but has several foul tips
1: on the track. All right, so Roger Dorn, who is the player-slash-manager or-slash-general manager, had reactivated himself and came out, and he described uh, his season in a nutshell.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what. You can't say that uh, you know somebody is old for the century. because What you're doing there is questioning Decision of you know Roger Dorn himself or the manager, you, you can't question management or coaching decisions on the air when you're the play-by-play guy. That is a huge no-no. And I remember an NBA coach telling me one time it got back to him that his broadcaster had started to question coaching decisions on the air with regularity, and ultimately it cost that broadcaster his job. So. You you can't be doing that. And the other thing, too, you're going to close yourself off from inside information. I mean, Harry's not going to get information from Roger Doran when he makes comments like, hey, he's over for the century. So you can't always say what you think. You're not Howard Stern doing play-by-play. You've got to have a filter. drops
0: its third straight on this trip, 6-1 to, to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's say one hit. That's all we've got, one goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn don't
2: worry, nobody's listening. Yeah, I tell you what, I think it was Monty that corrected, you right, you can't use the Lord's name in vain on the air. I mean, sometimes Harry slips, and again, I think it just goes back to the fact that uh, he's he's pretty fatigued in the late innings of a broadcast where he doesn't filter things. And uh, you know, to use the Lord's name in vain on the air is... Uh, you know that's the kind of thing that uh, that's going to turn people off, especially uh, if you're broadcasting in the Bible Belt. Boy, uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's a good way to kill your career.
1: And the other thing out of that clip, he said, "It's okay, nobody's listening." You know, you always want to assume that there are people listening.
2: Yeah, even if there's only one person listening, you don't want to risk offending that person. So, like I said earlier, always assume the mic is on, which wasn't the issue here, but also. Never be concerned with how many people are in your audience. Even if there's one, you owe that person your absolute best. So Vaughn in a little trouble
0: here. But I'll tell you, these Cleveland fans are great. Let's them get behind Vaughn. Hey, way to go, Rick. Right? Come on, Ricky. Come on,
1: Come on, So in that clip, the announcers made crowd noise false crowd noise by just yelling into the mic and pretending to be the crowd, is that, a, is that a no-no?
2: No, you should totally do that. If the stands are empty, and again, you're trying to sell tickets, you want to make that atmosphere sound as exciting as you can. Uh, you can even bring kazoos or you know, some other kind of noisemaker to make it sound a little bit more rambunctious than it is, but the one suggestion is when you're going to do that, make sure you kind of change your voice a little bit, because you don't want it to be obvious. That, you know, it's you and your broadcast partner trying to sound, uh, you know, like 15,000 people.
0: He's the league in most offensive categories, including nose hair. <laughs> when this guy sneezes, he looks like a party favorite. Hey, what's a convicted felon, isn't he, Monty? Uh, doesn't really say it here. Well, he
2: should. <laughs> you know, I, it's getting the point. I, this exercise, Logan, has kind of put me into Harry Doyle's frame of mind where, you're you're starting to uh, uh, you know you're, you're you're listening a lot and maybe you're getting a little mentally fatigued as is Harry, and so some of these things just start slipping out of your mouth, and I'm kind of getting a little bit amused by it. But really, I mean, you don't want to mock personal appearances. Jim Rome says this on his talk show, and it's so true. Personal appearances are never show fodder, so it's it's not part of description for a play-by-play guy to, to reference somebody's nose hair, or that he looks like a party favor. You know, we've already talked about, you know, his earlier reference to somebody being a juvenile delinquent. You know, here it's a convicted felon. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a fact. You know, a convicted felon is a fact, but sports is the, you know, I hate to use the cliche, but it's, it's the fun and games department of life, so you don't need to mention somebody's criminal record on the air.
1: All right, going forward. Hello,
2: you Wahoo Maniacs.
0: This is Harry Doyle welcoming you to another edition of TV Talk. Hi, hey, in case you haven't noticed, and judging by the attendance, you haven't. The Indians have managed to win a few here and there and are threatening to climb up.
1: That time, that was a clip of his talk show hosting ability. What were your thoughts on that brief talk show host?
2: Yeah, a few things. Uh, first of all, it reminds me a little bit of uh, veteran Padres broadcaster Ted Leitner who hosted a talk show in San Diego for so long and served as the voice of the Padres. So that was a little nostalgic there for me. Uh, He took a little shot at the fans and their lack of attendance at games. That's one of the fine lines for a sports broadcaster who's a play-by-play guy and a sports talk show host. You want to keep opinions like that out of your play-by-play, but yet on your talk show, you've got to call it like it is. And if the fans aren't showing up, that's a fact that it's fair game to be discussed. The Your employer, in this case the Indians for Harry, may not like what you say on your talk show, and some teams will dislike it enough that your job could be uh, put in jeopardy. So it's a fine line to walk, and, and the location of that line is going to be different based on the employer and the market.
1: You know, one of the things that we've seen throughout uh, his his demo here is that he uses... Words and phrases that could be culturally insensitive. Friends of the feather. Teepee talk. Thoughts there?
2: That goes back to the differences in generation. Where Harry comes from, You know, the era in which he was raised, that was par for the course. That was how people spoke. And it's hard for him, in fact it's impossible really, to shake something that's been part of your fiber ever since you've you know, been on this earth. You know, it was the example that you got from your parents, your grandparents, your aunts and uncles. So it's not Harry's choice to decide whether or not that's acceptable. Ultimately, it's up to management and, and really the fans. If the fans are having a problem with it or if management's having a problem with it, that'll dictate whether or not uh, Harry's able to, to keep his job. You do want to try to be unoffensive, but uh, I will say this for Harry. <laughs> it's amusing and entertaining. Whether it's professional or not, yeah, let somebody else decide. So
0: a tough start for the Erie Warriors as they drop a heartbreaker to the Yankees, nine to nothing. Postgame show is brought to you by
2: Christ, I can't find. It. Yeah, that's un- that's totally unacceptable. You've got to be prepared. That's a sponsor. That makes me mad. You know, that sponsor of the postgame show has paid a lot of money to have that live read and have their name attached to the postgame show. And I'm sorry, I'm not, I know Harry's going to hear this, but to be that insensitive and unappreciative of an advertiser that's helped paying your salary, come on, Harry, you're better than that. You really are. We're him to
0: over the winner. Apparently he's bathing now. Congratulations, Rick. As you know, Monty, Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches, the Eliminator and the Humiliator, to complement his fastball, the Terminator. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in, Monty. That broadcast school is really pounding anything (laughs)
2: away. See, that's where Harry is at his best. Well, (laughs) at his best with his names for... Ricky Vaughn's pitches, it reminds me of when Daryl Dawkins used to nickname his dunks. And here Ricky's got the Eliminator and the Humiliator and the Terminator. That's great stuff. What you got to be careful of, again, personal appearances, but also personal hygiene is not – that doesn't have a place in your broadcast. So to say that apparently he's bathing now, uh, you know, to use a baseball pun, that's a little bit off base.
1: And what about the way that he – once again, interacted with his color commentator. Tell him it was a dynamite drop-in and that his broadcasting school was really paying off.
2: Yeah, well, you know what? That's a great opportunity to get a sponsorship from that broadcasting school. Uh, so I've, it wasn't planned for that way, but you take that tape to the broadcasting school, and say, hey, we're promoting you on the air. Shoot, you can you know, earn a couple extra thousand dollars for your broadcast. No time, he's going to the Duke.
0: The Duke leads the league in saves, strikeouts running, and hit the batsman. This guy
2: threw at his own kid at a father's son. Yeah, you know, that's uh, that's just a fun comment. I don't have any problem with that. Uh, We know the Duke didn't really throw at his own kid at the father-son picnic or whatever. But uh, if you're going to say that to underscore his wildness, I've got no problem with that.
0: It's cool, it's overcast, and it's foggy on opening day here in Cleveland. Hello again everyone, I'm Harry Doyle, along with my good friend and partner, Monty, what's his name, giving a big welcome to all the Cleveland faithful. It's a brand new season and a new team spirit, as now Roger Dorn has made two very savvy front office moves, acquiring free sweater Jack Hartman and announcing his own retirement, eliminating a huge hole at
2: third base. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Roger Dorn probably r- realized he was a huge hole at third base, and, and that's why he retired. So nothing wrong there. They complement the acquisition of Jack Hartman, which is great. Um, I love the description. I'm big about description. Again, put me in the ballpark. So he described the cool, overcast, foggy weather, which was great. You know, the problem, though, don't be so disrespectful of your analyst that you don't even know his last name. I mean, that's the ultimate slap in the face to say that you are so meaningless to me, I don't even know your last name. And we know that that instance might be the only time he even references his analyst for the entirety of the first, second, or seventh, eighth, or ninth inning. So if you're only going to get him one reference, at least get his name right. Uh, gosh, he's, he's you know what he's like? He's like Johnny Manziel. Harry Doyle is like another big name in Cleveland, Johnny Manziel, where he's got all this great ability, and he'll dazzle you at times, and then all of a sudden he'll do something boneheaded. So, Harry has got to get out of that Manziel mentality and really strive for more consistency in some of the more sublime areas of his broadcast.
1: In that short clip, this time, Monty reaches for the Jack Daniels while harry doyle has switched to water what do you think he can tell him about learning his lesson and helping his analyst
2: well i think it's cool that whatever magic elixir that uh that harry and again i'm i'm convinced it's a non-alcoholic elixir that whatever he's got in that jack daniels bottle that he wants to share with monty i mean it's almost like harry's starting to take our advice from this podcast and starting to give a little bit more respect to monty and he's now saying, you know, you know what, Monty, I like to sip some water during the game, uh, and I, I like to do it out of this Jack Daniels bottle. But here, you use the bottle because it's kind of cool. It's kind of eccentric, kind of fun. And I'll just drink my water out of a standard kind of cup. So I thought that was cool. I thought that showed uh, some evolution and, and maturity from Harry. They say that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but right there, you know, Harry shows that you can. What else can you
0: say about these White Sox except at least they're not from Canada. I don't know how this guy keeps his mind on baseball with all the paternity suits and all. I think those are parking tickets. <laughs> yeah. Vaughn has his sign and comes up. Checks the runner at second. Here's the pitch to Shaw. Swung on and belt in the deep right field. Back goes Sorrento. He'll need a rock up his ass to catch this one.
2: That's classic, Carrie, right there. <laughs> now, maybe, uh, maybe you'd want to say you need a, a rocket in your drawers or your shorts instead of uh, saying your ass. But I, I love the idea behind the comment. Uh, and when he started that clip, he made the reference, "Hey, you know, at least they're not from Canada." Now, look, we're all glad here in the United States that we're not from Canada. I bless you, Canadians, but we'd rather live down here, south of the border. But you don't want to say that on the air. Again, it's not Howard Stern here, Harry. You've got to be a little bit more professional than that. And then uh, the comment about I don't know how he keeps his mind on baseball with all the paternity suits, he could say that on his talk show, but that's uh, more of an opinion about off-field behavior that doesn't really have a, a place in a Major League Baseball play-by-play broadcast. But it's true, though. I mean, really, he's got – why can't these guys – keep their junk to themselves. These guys have families and kids and whatnot. You know, it kind of it gets to me, too, to be honest with you, Logan. Harry brought the point up, and I'm sorry to go off on a tangent, but my goodness, how many more kids are we going to find out than Antonio Cromartie has? You know, My wife just told me this morning that numbers 11 and 12 are on the way. Harry's got a point. But don't say it on the broadcast. Instead, save it for your talk show.
1: Monty brought up the counterpoint that they might just be parking tickets. We're not entirely sure, but we'll move on.
0: Bring out the tarp. Cover the field. I can't watch this anymore. It's over. Turn the lights on. Let's get the bulldozers in here and turn this place into a parking
1: lot. You know, with the crowd, Mike, amped up as high as it is in this particular broadcast, how do you deal with an unruly fan like this one that we just heard?
2: You know, that's an outstanding question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. It's worth either don't use the crowd mic because your headset mics, as long as you leave the press box window open, will pick up enough ambient sound that you'll still get uh, a taste for the environment. It's not going to be as clean or as crisp as having the actual crowd mic. You could also request that uh, security have somebody like that removed. Or shoot, if you just uh, you know accidentally you know knock over a cup of coffee out the window or a soda pop or something like that, or if you can find something a little heavier, you know maybe uh, Jack Daniels, you know, maybe your, your baseball reference dictionary, and it accidentally falls out the window and falls on the guy's head. Well, he would probably move then too. All
1: right, that was the last little bit where he said he's got to get out of this business and you know this can be a roller coaster ride and it all stops along the way in the broadcasting industry thoughts on that last comment
2: well uh, let me just um, on the in general the thought that he realizes now that it's time for him to get out of the business uh, think about some of the things that you and I have covered here as we reviewed Harry's demo where sometimes he says things that aren't as much careless as they are just a result of the generation gap and how now that he's getting a little up there in age that he tires uh, a little bit more easily and sometimes it's tough for him to to stay mentally sharp through the entirety of nine innings. Uh, It's better to decide on your own that it's time to go than to wait for somebody to push you out the door. So I've got great respect for that.
1: So now that we are done with all of the clips, Give us a letter grade, A through F, on the quality of Harry Doyle, who has a job that a lot of people want, being the baseball play-by-play announcer for the Cleveland Indians. How did he do?
2: Well, just I'm going to grade his career, and just based on longevity and how beloved he is in Cleveland, I've got to give him uh, at least an A minus, if not an A. He's got some major areas where he can clean up, and I bet they were not issues when he was younger, but uh, they're fortunately for him, they're easy changes to make, and they'll result in immediate improvement of his broadcast. But uh, like I said at the very top, Logan, who am I to criticize? Because he's been where I always wanted to go and never made it to. So it's hard for me to say that, uh, you know, that he's not doing a good job.
1: Okay, everybody. Unfortunately, the gag is up. We're out of Harry Doyle clips. We're visiting with John Chelesnik here on the Save the Damn Score podcast. And, John, I want to thank you for joining us. And I just want to give you a second here. You're the owner of STAA. And give you a second to just kind of promote the advantages of potentially becoming an STAA member if you're not already.
2: Well, I I appreciate that very much. In short, we help sports broadcasters advance their careers, not only providing job leads, but telling you how to tackle the five variables of the sports broadcasting job market so that you're putting your best foot forward in pursuit of those leads. And we've got veteran broadcasters, and we've got guys who are freshmen in college. It doesn't matter where you are in your career. It's like uh, a car. Have We help you get from here to there. And whether you've been driving for 60 years, or you just got your license yesterday, having that car to help you towards your goals is beneficial. So in a nutshell, that's what we do. And then uh, on on an aside, Logan, congratulations to you on the podcast and on the website. You have come up with a very unique way to share your own experiences as you build your broadcasting career in a way that benefits others. And it's unique, and it's super cool. I wish you all the best.
1: And I appreciate that very much. If someone wanted to get a hold of you, how would, what would the best way to do so be?
2: Uh, via email, john, J-O-N, at talent.com And you can follow us on Twitter, at talent.
1: This has been your Say the Damn Score podcast. This is the fourth episode, and we'll have another one in another two weeks with a guest to be determined at this point. As I appreciate everyone for tuning in today, I want to remind everybody to not take this particular podcast very seriously. There's some things certainly that you can take that you could apply to your broadcast, but there's a lot of jokes in here that if you don't know the difference, make sure that you ask. We had a lot of good time. Thanks to John Trelesnick for joining us. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast either via email on the website, uh, say the damn or you can sign up via itunes and subscribe to the podcast thanks for tuning into the podcast today i'm logan anderson until next time remember to say the damn score